Your best friend can say a lot about you. And today we're going to read words from Jesus's, well, Jesus' best friends. Yeah. That is John. Or well, I think he, he, he referred to himself as a, as Jesus's best friend. We see it in our English Bibles, the disciple whom Jesus loved, and it's really yeah. Jesus's best friend, and he was referring to himself like right. that. Yeah. So he thought of himself as being Jesus's best friend. Yeah. Yeah, what do you say about him? Well, this is uh, Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And I'll get started in verse 1 of John chapter 1, starting a new book. Today, so John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. It's often where, you know, new believers, and like, hey, I should start reading the Bible. This is often where we tell them to start reading. It is, yeah. I I tend to point people to Matthew first because this is so philosophical, and it is. In fact, we it's kind of cool how John, not a a super educated guy, it's fairly simple Greek, but yet the philosophy he gets into here is really deep. Especially for a fisherman. And he's pulling back from things that Greek philosophers spoke of that was a primary theme in their teaching. And he is essentially saying that Jesus is the fulfillment of these philosophers when he calls him the Word. So beginning in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, or here in the NLT it says, in the beginning the Word already existed. And that word was the all-encompassing truth, what everything in the universe flows from. That was what the Greek philosophers understood as the word, what they called the word. So John says, the word already existed when the beginning came. So God was always in existence. The word was with God and the word was God. So John is saying, the word is God. So when what the philosophers are talking about, the whole universe flows from this, this energy, this word. Well, yeah. what they are actually talking about is the one and so only this God. is like the pre-existence of jesus christ yes. you know even my kids last like you know when when did jesus come to exist he's like he always existed he always but he was incarnated meaning he took on flesh mm-hmm. you know that is what we celebrate at christmas yeah. but john is saying before he took on flesh he still existed yeah because he's going to identify this word as jesus in just a moment so so he existed in the beginning with god god created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. So Jesus was not just there in creation, but Jesus did the actual creating. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. I've preached entire sermons on just this section right here and they probably weren't very short sermons. So we can't do a lot of commenting because we'd go on forever. But this is such a great poetic passage that John, and yeah. it's, it's fantastic literature as well yeah. for the first century. Well, I love verse five. In my anxiety, it can happens at night. I hate darkness. I hate mm-hmm. nights. It's often when I can get a little anxious. I love that. Just the idea of like the light shines in the darkness and the darkness just can't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, they can't extinguish it. Darkness can't extinguish light. Light just extinguishes darkness. So verse 6, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not that light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, which is such a cool concept. But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. I think that's an important verse. Again, it's one of those early verses that I memorized when I was young. But I think it's an important verse because it's not, not we oftentimes hear people say, well, we're all God's children. No, we're not. Yeah. Instead, we're, we're all, we've all gone astray. We're sheep that have gone astray. We're not all God's children. We become God's children when by faith we are attached 
to God through Jesus, because of Jesus. And we enter into his family when we are saved. Verse 13, they are reborn, which, by the way, was Jesus' term. He is the one that coined that term, born again. So when we believe in Jesus, accept him into our lives, we become the children of God. And, and so he says here they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was, that's Jesus, and Jesus was the word. He became, so the word became human, becoming being Jesus, that's the incarnate, and made his home among us, lived among us, and he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory. And I think that's speaking of, you know, when they up to the Mount of Transfiguration, John is saying, we were witnesses of his full glory because we saw the transfiguration. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Why don't you pick up from there, Junior? John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From this abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another, for the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. It's the whole idea of, uh, you know, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. Verse 19 says, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and uh, temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and said, I'm not the Messiah. Well, then who are you? They asked you, Elijah. No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what, what right do you have to have baptized? John told them, I baptize with water. But right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. And we're going to come up on, you know, what is, again, a tremendous passage of Scripture tomorrow, and I look forward to getting into that as well. Yeah. But we're going to break this in half right here, so we're going to pick up in verse 29 tomorrow, and right, right now let's just get over to right. Psalm, Psalm 48. 48. Uh, we're, read this all on your own, of course, but verse 9 is the verse we want to highlight. It says, Oh God, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. Hmm. And I just think of, you know, even the gathering in the church. Of course, the church is different than the temple, but it is the same idea of a gathering place for God's people. And that is what we do. We we meditate on the unfailing love of God because when we understand God's great love for us, that is what drives us to repentance. That is what drives us deeper to him and into holiness. Yeah, and John identifies that love of God as being the very character nature of God, that yeah. God is love. It's such a part of all that he is, Yeah. which when you think about his greatness and power, the creator of the universe, the fact that John identified his essential nature as being love. Yeah. And if you ever so good to us. If you ever wonder about God's love for you, you just look at the beginning of what we just read in, mm. in John chapter yeah. one. He came into the very world he created, yeah. even though the world did not recognize him. And he came to his own people and they rejected him. Yeah. That is the love of God. He came for you. And he loves you. He loves you. Yeah. And he wants to be with you.
today. Receive him. Meditate on that love today. Think of, I'll I'll end with a quote from Brennan Manning. I'm reading his his book right now called The Ragamuffin. And in that book, he talks about how one of the the hardest, most difficult parts of following Jesus is understanding his great love, Hmm. how much he really loves us. And the more we understand that, and the more things change. So meditate on that today. Well, tomorrow's Friday, and we're glad you're with us today. We look forward to being with you again tomorrow. God bless. God bless.